Welcome to Beautifully Nasty, the podcast about the beautifully nasty process that goes into loving yourself. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Beautifully Nasty podcast. Ah, I've been waiting so long to say that. This is the first episode and I could not be more excited. I am your host, Bianca Vitali. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. I've been waiting so long to finally be able to share this podcast with you. It's been my quarantine baby and it's here. I can't even begin to tell you the excitement I have for it and I'm ready to share it with all of y'all. So thank you for being here. Before we start, I wanted to give you a little insight into this podcast and why why I started it because you know, we're we're all out here in this quarantine land trying to figure out what we're doing and that's exactly what inspired this podcast. I was a working actor and a bartender in New York City and coronavirus hit and the world turned upside down. I felt like I lost everything. I I had to leave my job. The acting worlds or the film industry, theater industry was non-existent basically. And I really felt like I had really no purpose anymore. If I did even feel that way before I moved back home with my parents at the age of 29. Yeah. Rocking that, rocking that little old girl room again. We're we're back in the beginning stages of life, but it's all good because it brought me back to my roots, and I'm here, and I'm creating a podcast because of it. Quarantine kind of forced me to take a step back from my constant busy, busy life in New York, and forced me to stop and really think about what. I like about myself. And when you took all of the social life and my job and the constant partying and the hustle and bustle of just like trying to make it in New York City, I felt like I had no idea who I was really anymore. And I I had to really take a step back and, and be like, okay, I know I'm not in this constant busy lifestyle anymore. So it literally forced me to stop and really think about what do I love about myself when I don't have all of these things around me? And once I stopped moving I, I and I slowed down and I stepped away from what I thought was my life and what I was just going to be doing and until I until I booked something the next big gig or it forced me to do the work with myself the inner work and wow I I surprised myself I took a lot of the toxic behaviors and the coping mechanisms that I used in New York and I realized that if I truly wanted to feel good I needed to take a look at myself without all of those things attached to me anymore. So when I moved out of New York, it literally felt like my life was, it felt like it was ending. (laughs) Maybe that's dramatic, but I took a step away 
and I and I felt like I put myself into like a a rehab, like a rehab that I didn't even know I was putting myself through. And and I dealt with all of the depression and all of the things that I just never wanted to face. And I covered up with a smile and some alcohol and just made it seem like life was always good. Life is always good. And so I spent a lot of time with myself alone um, in the middle of quarantine. I started to face the problems completely face on in a room by myself. And I started doing the work, the inner work. I slowly started to feel better than I ever had before. I started to look in the mirror and I was like, wow, I I look different, but I I, I look good and I feel good. I think that's that's what changed for me is that I felt good. I felt good without any external things coming my way. I just felt good being me. And that feeling was really unlike anything I had ever felt in the longest time. And it really slapped me right in the face to be like, wow, you need to keep putting more work into yourself because if you you're already seeing small improvements now, what is going to happen months, years down the road? So I started the process. I started the self-love, the the self-love journey, the beautifully nasty process that goes into loving yourself. And I looked around at all of my friends and family on social media, and I saw this global crisis that was taking place and, and everyone was struggling. Everyone felt lost and we were all going through it together and people were struggling to find themselves again because how could you not feel lost? And, And I could feel all of that energy. I could feel this like pull for help. Everyone was just like, yo, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm lost. I'm depressed. I, I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel like myself anymore. Was that even myself? Everything that I was going through, I, I saw other people going through as well. And that was a very surreal feeling because it obviously put it into perspective that we all need to help each other. But it also helped me to realize that I wasn't alone. So all I've ever really wanted to do is help other people. And during this time when everyone needed guidance, help other people. And during this time when everyone needed guidance, to figure out how to start this process, I was like, you know what? I think I can help. I think I want to be a voice or a catalyst or an inspiration, something for people to look at and be like, I want to do that with my life. I want to feel good. I want to, I want to be better. How can I do that? And not be intimidated to ask for help and look towards a person for help. So when I started to work on myself, I realized I want to share this with other people and that's how I came up with the podcast because I was like, this, this is perfect. I'll make a podcast I'll, and I'm still figuring it out. I, I, I still have questions. I want to I talk to people. I want to get all different perspectives on this subject because I'm fascinated by it. So why I called it Beautifully Nasty is because it is a show about all of the self-love work. The self-love work that I found was not pretty and it was not rainbows and butterflies and face masks and just 
go lay in the bubble bath. It was none of that. It it was really, the real self-work was really hard and I had to push through it and take a, a good look at things, things that I really never wanted to see about myself and I needed to face them head on. And it truly wasn't easy, but the journey and that feeling I feel when I look back at myself to where I was and now look and and see myself now. And I'm like, that's beautiful. It was nasty, but it was beautiful. And so that's why I call the self-love journey a beautifully nasty process. Every month I'll have guests on to discuss a different topic because there are all different kinds of external factors that affect your self-love journey. Our first month, we will be talking about how to love yourself during COVID because Let's be honest, I chose the most universal topic because I know we're all going through it and we could all use some help during this time. So we'll talk about self-love through addiction, the LGBTQ community, and how to love yourself as a creative. Every month we'll do a different topic and I'll invite four guests on to talk about that particular topic. And this month, It's January. Happy New Year 2021. I'm not going to say it's going to be the year, but I I feel as though the energy of this year, it's after the last, we're all going up from there. We're all rising together. So I'm so excited to have the four guests that I do this month to talk about how to love yourself in quarantine. They all have a lot of great insight. They're all inspiring in their own ways. And I hope that we'll be able to learn something together from all of them. So to introduce my first guest, here we have Marcia Miyaki. Thank you for being here, first of all. Well, thank you so much for having me. And honestly, like I'm totally receiving all of that love and and I really appreciate that. And I also want to throw that back on you and say congratulations for following that nudge. You know, because a lot of times we have this like, you know, intuitive nudge and a lot of us, we don't follow it. And for something to come out, like what you're doing to help people during this really chaotic time is just a really high service. So that's amazing. So I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. First of all, I wanted to start out with a little bit about yourself and your personal self-love journey and how that kind of looked for you. And then we can go into specifics on COVID and how do you deal with it during this time? Please let me know your story. Okay. So I'll take you right back to the beginning of my life because I feel like it's still relevant. Uh So I was actually born into poverty in the mountains of Peru. And, you know, I was the first five years of my life, I was around, you know, physical and emotional abuse, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And then I was adopted when I was five and I moved to Canada and my life, you know, transformationally changed. However, all that trauma that I had experienced as a child had really imprinted my perception of who I was on a subconscious level. So here I thought I was living the dream and like having a great life in Canada, but really I was just this wounded, scared, ashamed little girl. And I carried that all through, you know, adolescence and it manifested in drugs and alcohol and men and really unhealthy relationships. And, you know, that's when I hit a rock bottom. And that's when I realized that 
you know, I really needed to work on myself. And that was the thing. I just didn't love myself. You know, even relationships that came to me that were healthy and, and a guy was really trying to see me, like I wasn't ready to receive that because I didn't love myself. Totally. So I had this really, you know, long journey of <laughs> returning to wholeness and remembering who the fuck I am beyond mm-hmm beneath that trauma. And it was, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Like I didn't just wake up one day, decide I was going to love myself. It was a choosing of myself and choosing my growth every single day. And even to this day, there's days where I was just doing a live yesterday where I talked about, I still have those like self-doubts that come up. Like I still wake up sometimes and be like, am I even worthy of this life? And I got to process that and I got to work through that. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to a lot of things happening in your childhood that shaped your image of yourself. And the image was just so far from who you are. Mm-hmm. And I needed to come back to that knowing that I'm an amazing human being just for existing and for no other reason. And that's a lot of conditioning, you know, to to override. And so that was kind of my my journey, how it started. And then I just really delved deep and I do the work every single day. As I said, you know, I've hired coaches and mentors and done all types of training to really up-level myself so that I can be of highest service. First, I have to have that foundation of truly loving myself. And then I can give that genuine love to others. Yes. And I and I saw your most recent post. You were like, I have family members and friends who asked me like, what do you even do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like she literally just gives her light out just based off your social media. You know, I've never met you, but I can just feel it from your social media, which is a really beautiful thing just because of how social media can negatively affect people sometimes, but also it can be positive too. But your social media accounts stood out to me because your captions, your the consistency in your posts and how you communicate. And even I, I looked at your stories of your education and how you're certified and like, and you got your PhD and everything. And it's like so incredible that you... So I guess I want you to talk to the listeners more about with your self-love journey, did it lead you into your studies or did you have any idea going into school being like, I want to help people, but I don't know how, or I do know what I want? Yeah. I love that question because it's it's interesting because I think there's like two schools of people. There's the school of thought that says, you know, you don't need to be like go to university or college Mm -hmm. or anything like that to be successful in business. And I think that's true. And then there's another school of thought that says like, you should go to university because it grows you. And I think that's true too. And how I've always viewed education is that it's a privilege. Yes. As I have to compare my life now to the life of my sisters who still live in Peru, who never graduated high school. Mm -hmm never had the opportunity to, may never have the opportunity to. And so for me, going to high school was a privilege. At the time, it didn't feel like that for sure, which is why I like skipped every day. Um, But we in the West, we don't recognize how good we have it. So that Mm -hmm. was a blessing. And then my mother, you know, came from like a potato farmers, right? So she had no education, like my my biological mother and Mm -hmm. no one before her had ever gone to university. So for me, it was like symbolic of I was adopted. I I went through significant trauma to be adopted, to have this new life. And for me, I look at it as I have this opportunity to study. I'm going to take it. 
Yes. So like I did my first business degree and then my second business degree and I did different types of certifications and, and all of that. And I was like, when I was offered the PhD scholarship, I was like, I'm going to take that because that's such an opportunity. Like, I don't want to waste this opportunity of being in Canada and being in Australia, of having an opportunity that so many people in the world, like the vast majority of the world right? Because when we live in the West, we forget how privileged we are. We forget that we are actually the 1% already, no matter how poor you are. Yes. So we forget that we are just so fucking privileged. And I was like, I'm going to take that opportunity. So for me, it was always, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity because I knew I wanted to serve the world. It was also a lack of confidence in myself was Mm -hmm. why I wanted to do more studying because I was like, well, maybe if I have one more certification, what if I have one more degree? And it was this chasing. But now if I want to study something, which I probably will in the future, Uh it's because I'm like, I'm curious because I have that mind. I'm so inquisitive and it's not going to be because I don't feel good enough to serve now. So for any aspiring coaches or anybody like anybody going out there trying to make an impact in this world, if you have the opportunity to to study and that feels true and authentic for you, then follow that and take that opportunity and embrace it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that opportunity, don't make that mean that you can't be successful. You can't serve at the highest level because you don't have that. Right. No, you don't need to have that. And I think that was the interesting dynamic of my life is that like I saw it as a massive opportunity, but at the same time from like the lack of self-love area, I actually felt not good enough to serve at the highest level, which is what was always my aim. I was like, I want to impact, you know, thousands, millions of lives. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't do that until I'm the best of the best of the best. And that is a bullshit excuse. You know, you can be the best without having all of that. You can serve at the highest level without having all of that. You just need to have that genuine desire and come from a place of service and set that intention that that is what you want. And then so many things around (laughs) you will, will come together. The right people will come into your life and just know that you are supported by a higher force Mm -hmm. and that you can serve without all of that. Totally. When did you start realizing that? Like, when was the transition from like lacking confidence in yourself and feeling like you needed more, you needed more to finally being like, no, I am good enough and I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to educate myself because I'm curious, because I want to not, because I need this degree to be the best in my field and what I'm doing. I love that question because it's really making me reflect on my journey. And I would love to say, you know, it was like three years ago and like, you know, I'm just like all good, but I feel like it's still a balance, right? So Mm -hmm. now I am more on the side of I'm more than worthy and capable of serving, but it was literally probably halfway through my PhD where I was like, started to feel a lot of resistance coming up because I had, at the time I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was Mm. a new mom. I, you know, I was teaching at the university. I also had launched my business and I was feeling so overwhelmed. And so I was caught in this thing of like, uh, my heart wasn't really with my PhD anymore. But then at the same time, I'm like, I've set this goal. I have to do it. I'm not good enough if I don't do it. And that was the journey of me just being like, I need to choose what feels good in this moment, like truly good. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that the 
ends never justifies the means. Yes. So like, yes. yes, I'll have my PhD at the end and I'll be like, you know, I'll be published in this journal and that journal and, you know, speaking at different conferences. But if I'm a fucking mess that whole way through and I'm not being a present mom and I'm being, you know, crappy with my team and I'm just not a good person and I don't feel good in myself and I'm putting out negative energy, Mm -hmm. then does that end worth it? No, it doesn't. And that's what we need to understand in business is we're seeing a lot of business people and, you know, whether you believe in karma or just like energy force or whatever, but you don't get to come on this planet and leave destruction along the way for your end goal of success because you want to be this like really fucking powerful person <laughs> yes. and destroy lives along the way to get to that, that no, I didn't want to do that. So I mm-hmm. had to choose. I was like, okay, so it's either I'm going to start feeling good about this or I have to turn away from that goal. Right. So I think it was like a progressive journey. It's a journey that I'm still on. As I said, you know, like yeah. I feel like I do love myself, but there are days when I need to work on it a little bit mm-hmm. more, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And And so how do you juggle all of it? Because it feels like you're doing a thousand different, you know, being a mom is just like a job in itself, but then also inspiring so many people and you have so many followers. So you have so many people looking to you to, for guidance. How do you keep the positivity going? And then also be positive for yourself and feel good about yourself. It's always mm-hmm. just so impressive to me. And I'm like, what is your secret? Oh, uh, thank you so much. I, to be honest, I think it's, not trying to be positive all the time, Mm. right? So as women, what are you conditioned to do? You're conditioned to be a good girl, put other people's needs before your own, all of that, and put on a brave face. Like that putting on a brave face is the reason we have so many mental health issues because we're not being true to our emotions. We are not being with our emotions. We're not being present with our pain. And so I think when I first started being on social media, I felt like I was really trying to be like, look, I know what I'm doing. Look at me. Like, I will give you the answers. Whereas now I'm like, let me share the shitstorm I just got myself in last week and how I was able to move through it. And let me share with you the triggers that came up and the fear that came up and how I moved through it. Because I think I'm not doing anybody a service when I pretend my life is overflowing with joy a hundred percent of the time. Because then people looking on, they're like, well, why the fuck do I feel up and down? And it's unfair because it's a right. lie. It would be a lie, right? Right, totally. Right, so it's honoring where I'm at in the moment, being with mm. my emotion, because when I find that I'm with my emotion, then I can I can be happier later, you know? Rather than pretending that my life is all good, I'm just like, I sit with the shit storm when the shit storm arrives and understand (laughs) that it's just a storm and it will pass right? and be with it. And I think that understanding that everything is so transient and understanding that everything, you know, that saying like this too shall pass helps me to be in the moment more to just stop being perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. And once you get rid of that idea that you need to be a perfect mom and you need to be a perfect partner, a perfect businesswoman and a perfect friend, once you release that, weight and BS, yes. then you can actually 
do better in those relationships because nobody performs well long-term when they feel this pressure of, I need to do this and this and this to be good at that role in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, we perform better when we just at ease, knowing that it's not always going to look good. And I think that's how I've been able to maintain the different roles in my life. Just knowing that some days I'm going to suck at it and Mm -hmm. some days I'm going to feel like I'm crushing it and just ride that wave. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I so relate to that. And I feel like that's probably why people are attracted to you because it actually makes you more of a likable person when you're showing all those different sides and help people walk through those moments instead of just being like, yeah, I, I just worked out. I just had my smoothie. Life is great. I mean, it's, you know, like that it's like, okay, I, I know the process. I know I should be exercising because I know it's right. I know I need to eat healthy. I know all those things, but like, sometimes I just can't do it and it's hard. And sometimes I can't fit in and sometimes I don't want to do it. And so when you have people and I'm noticing that I'm more attracted to the people who do show the ups and downs because I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like I can relate or it feels like support in a way, especially during this time. Yeah. And, and I know this is a bit of a blanket statement, so this doesn't apply to everybody who does this, but for me, one of the signposts of someone who doesn't truly love themselves is someone who tries to make their life look so amazing because this energy of, I can't own my shit. And I really care about what the person on the other side of the screen thinks about me. So I have to pretend that my life is a certain way. Whereas I've evolved enough now in my journey where I'm just like, look, some people are going to send me like really trolling messages and I'm cool with that. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak my authentic truth regardless. And so that's self-love. That's self-love. Self-love is saying like, Hey, I had a shitty day today. And the fact, like, I don't care if you're going to judge me about it. Whereas a lot of people who are like fronting, like, Oh, I just had the best workout and here's my amazing life. And I have all this money and I'm this and I'm that without showing their pain points to Mm. me, I'm like, Ooh, like you're, you're, you still haven't explored those shadows. You haven't explored the dark of yourself. And that is not self-love. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy you just said that because I, that I totally believe in that as well. When you first started out on social media, did it bother you when you were getting the negative feedback or at that point you were just like, I just know I need to like turn it off. Well, the thing is, it's like, people are going to hate you regardless. Like you could be mother Teresa and people are going to have something to say about you. Right. So it's like, I was always like parent. I'm like, is this not professional enough? What will my corporate client think? Right. So I was so hesitant to write anything. Like I was trying to speak to everyone. And this is, you know, we talk about this in business. Like if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to no one, right? So I was Mm -hmm. like trying to be so vanilla to not offend anyone. Whereas now I'm just like, look, this is the way I talk. This is the way I present myself. And I do get people that sometimes have something to say about me, but like I literally can look at them, especially if I'm centered within myself. It's just Mm -hmm. like, wow, they're projecting some of their pain on me that has nothing to do with me. Whereas before, when I first started and I would get a message like that, I still knew it wasn't about me, but I couldn't help, but it really impacted me. And it would just give me a really yucky feeling. Whereas Mm -hmm. now I'm just like, look, the more people that follow you, the more people that watch you, the more people that are aware of you, you're going to have 
haters and you're going to have like, sometimes I read through the posts of some of my friends that have really huge followings and are doing amazing things in this world. And the stuff that people can say to them, I'm just like, wow. So there's just people out there like that. So it's like, we can't hold back our gift from the world because of what Mm -hmm. some really wounded people are going to say about us. And, you know, I have some clients that are like coming into the coaching field or they're just starting out their business and they're really like scared or they're scared of maybe even family or friends are going to judge them. And like, and then especially people on, on social media. And I always said like, number one, are those people helping you achieve your goals? Like, are they buying your new car? Are they helping you buy your house? Are they putting your kids in school? You know, and no one that is doing better than you will ever criticize you for doing what you're doing. It's always people that are doing less. Yes. People that are crushing it, whether it's in the coaching, podcasting, whatever, they're always there with a hand down to help you up and being like, yes, get it girl. Because we get like how hard it is in the beginning. We understand what it's like to put yourself out there for the, for the first time. So I wouldn't dream of ever leaving a negative comment on someone's like work. Like I wouldn't dream of it because I get the hustle. Whereas people that are too scared to chase their dreams, it's a wounded part of them. They denied themselves. They didn't, they didn't fall intuitive nudge that you did to start this podcast. They didn't follow that nudge. So now they're going to hate on you for doing it. Yes. I have to get rid of that pain somehow. It makes so much sense. And it's so, and it's like, once you get in your self-love journey where you're like, Oh, I like, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying the choices that I'm making. I'm enjoying the people that I'm choosing to surround myself. I'm setting boundaries. It is a wonderful feeling. You start like not even noticing that stuff, like literally what you're saying, which is you get that even if you get negative feedback or whatnot, you're like, Oh, I don't care. Cause I feel good. You notice the negative feedback. You're so right. When you aren't confident with yourself, when you haven't dealt with your traumas and go after your dreams. And it it really is so true. It's something that I've noticed in in my self-love journey, whereas I I used to care. I used to care about all that stuff and it would consume my mind all the time. And now I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had done this sooner. I'm, I'm way, I'm stressed, but I'm stressed in good ways, not in those negative draining sort of ways. And it really is a beautiful place to be. Explain to the listeners what you do exactly with your business and everything and your your podcast at all of your different businesses that you put out there. Yeah. So my main focus right now is working with women. And Mm -hmm. we have an amazing Facebook group community called Empowering Women for Success. We also have an Instagram account, but we we do a lot of our free training and a lot of our like just nurturing and just really supporting our tribe in that Facebook group. So we have that and that is obviously for free and there's lots of free training there. But if you wanted to go deeper and you wanted to do some really transformational work, we have a 12-week transformational program for women that really Mm -hmm. helps them to heal past trauma, step into their feminine power and create a life they never thought possible. Like sometimes I... I'm amazed at what I've created, especially because of where I came from. So I'm always... I can create it from where I came from, a place of like self-loathing and like deep shame and like like really 
big traumas. Like if I can create this and it actually feels good, then I know we can support any woman in doing that too. And then we do um, corporate events as well, where we basically help uh, corporate teams build emotional intelligence because it is, I think it's the competitive skill, you know, of the future um, yeah. is to build the emotional intelligence of your team. That is how you get your innovation, your productivity, and all of that high performance. So that's one part of our business. And also I have a podcast called The Hustler's Guide to Flow. Yes. And yeah, so we, I, I'm, I'm a creative person. So I like to just always, if I'm receiving, I yep. like to get it out there. Do you feel in a lot of the women that you coach or you, you talk to, when you've had trauma or you've gone through real, uh, hardships, do you almost use that as lessons? You took what you went through and you were, and you recognize like that this is some serious shit that happened to me, but how can I empower other women? How can I take it as a lesson? What did I learn from it so that I, I can move forward with my life and change it for myself and others? Because that feels like from your story and what I'm listening to, I'm like, that's awesome that you decided to use your narrative and your story and not just be like, my past was shitty. You're like, yeah, it was shitty, but like, I want to help others. So when they're in the situation that I was at the beginning of your self-love journey, like I know how to get you through this. I know how to start this process for you. I, and I think that is so beautiful. And I'm always so like, so, so amazed. And I'm so grateful to be talking to someone like you. Cause like, you're, you're helping so many just by even being on this podcast and talking about it, you are helping so many. So you should be so proud. Oh, thank you so much. And it, it's funny. Cause like, of course it was a traumatizing experience. You know, yeah. what I went through was traumatizing, but, and I'm not just saying this, but I truly feel that it was a gift. Of course it didn't feel a gift like at the time, time. or even many years later, but now I recognize it for the gift that it is. And the reason that it's a gift, not only has it just evolved me so much and I can be so empathetic and compassionate with those around me, but I think like on a human level, when people are going through trauma, a lot of times we feel like it's only me, like only I have experienced this emotion. No, you don't understand how bad that breakup was. Like it was so bad. This pain is just unbelievable. Right. But when I can share my story and I can hold space for a woman who has been through some serious shit. Mm. It's like for the first time she feels understood and she yeah. feels seen. And it's not that I couldn't have held that space for her if I hadn't gone through the trauma. It more just allows her to believe that I can hold space for her because I have been through that trauma, Yes, right? So I feel like for other women, it gives them the sense of, oh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if she can get through that, then I can get through my shit too. Yes, totally. And, and I feel like that's why I went through what I went through. It's so that I can serve other women. It's so I can show them that there's a way out. And that this is just a skill. It's just a skill to be happy and to love yourself. Like there's no, you know, it's not like someone's more talented than, than you in this area. It is just a skill. And we're just going to learn to build that skill. Yes. I love that. And I, I feel like I learned that just from listening to your story. I was like, wow, that's, I think that's amazing. So one of the reasons why I brought you on the show was because I wanted you to talk about COVID and during this time and uh, how it's just affecting all of us mentally and what are things that we can do because it's difficult. Like we're indoors, we're seeing less people 
And now we're almost like a year in and like, what do we do to keep ourselves going and to continue to put it the work into ourselves and have that motivation during this time? Big question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And, and no, and like that breath was like, um, I really feel for the people that are under a lot stricter regulations than we are in Australia. Like mm-hmm. I'm in Western Australia where yes. we are almost back to normal. Like mm-hmm. everything is basically, you know, back to normal. But when we first went into like our version of lockdown, I was in a tiny apartment with two kids and Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was absolutely insane. And for someone who has done a lot of work, my heart broke for the women who were like, literally just haven't had the opportunity to build those skills and just haven't had that. Like, it's just, isn't in their like circle to even know what to do. And I was like, if I'm struggling, Mm -hmm. like I can't even imagine what other people and especially women are going through. Yep. And what it had done as well is this collective trauma that we went through had really triggered a lot of our own personal trauma that had happened childhood and adolescence and and all of that. It had just brought that up. And then not only that, but then we were feeling the pain of the people around us. This is like, you know, maybe this is a bit woo-woo for some people listening, but, you know, we're all like energetically connected. You know, yes. we know the concept of emotional contagion, meaning mm-hmm. that if you and I go into a room and you are like happy and I come in feeling really down, I don't need to say anything for you to know that I am yes. feeling down. And if you're totally. a very like empathetic person, you may also start to be feeling down as well. Well, now picture it on a global scale. We, you know, the emotions that we're feeling, half of them aren't even ours. We're like feeling the pain of other people. So this has brought up a lot of shit. And really, I think the reason that people are calling it the great awakening, one of the reasons anyway, (laughs) it's forcing us to deal with our trauma. Like it's Mm -hmm. literally forcing us. So I think let's start with some, daily things that we can do. I think yes. some daily things that we can do is bringing presence with ourselves and with our emotions. And what I mean by that is when we experience pain and when we're in a situation like this, like it's unprecedented. It's like, what the fuck is even going on? Right. When we are in a situation like this, it's really for many of us, our trauma response is to run away from it. Think about something yep. else. Distraction. Hence, alcohol sales have gone up, right? Yes. So it's distraction. What can I do to run away from this emotion, to numb this emotion, to distract mm-hmm. myself from this emotion? One of the things we can do to begin healing ourselves and to honoring ourselves is being with that emotion, being truly present with ourselves. Like this morning, actually, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because my baby is teething and he's just not sleeping. Uh, and I literally woke up more tired this morning than I did when I went to bed last night. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, okay. So then <laughs> as I was, when I went to the gym, I was like, okay, I could feel the discomfort and resistance in my body. And then right away I needed, I knew I needed to be with that. And I do um, inner child healing with my clients. And one of the things that I do myself on a daily basis when I'm feeling myself just feeling like off is I sit with little Mars. 
So I'm like, okay, babe, like you're scared. What's happening? Like, what is, what's, what's coming up for you? And I let her have a voice and I sit with her, you know, like theoretically, like in my mind, as I'm like on a bike (laughs) and I talk to her and I ask her, what do you need from me, babe? What do you need? I just want you to know you're supported. I'm Mm -hmm. here for you. We're going to get through this. You're supported. And it's like all those things that you wish that someone had done for you you. as a child. Yes. Yeah. From a psychological perspective, we know that that term of inner child is a real thing. There's a psychological energy in yourself of all the ages that you were inside of you now. So when we get triggered, when we get scared, it could be that five-year-old, it could be that Mm 10-year-old. And so our job is to be there with her. So I think the number one thing we can do at a time like this is not run from the emotion that we're feeling, but sit with it. Because when we can sit with it, Mm -hmm. the power dissipates, the power over us goes away. And we can we realize that, oh, sitting in this pain, I'm not dead because that's literally why you run. Your brain is saying, this is death. This is, I'm scared. Let's run from this. But when you sit with it and you, and your brain can see, okay, like the world is not over, you neutralize that. Mm -hmm. You neutralize that emotion and then you can move on. Right. The more we numb and run and all of that, we may kind of neglect it for a second, but that emotion remains in our body and it will flare up again or it will get stuck in different parts of our body and will turn into um, mental and physical chronic disease. Oh, totally. Number one thing is be with that emotion, process that emotion, go into that emotion. And that is like the number one thing we can do at a time when we're in a shit storm. Right. How do people who who don't have partners and they're not in relationships and they may be by themselves and they have to not interact with their friends and family as much as they would have wanted to before this time, what do they do? I guess you have to find that inner strength and start dealing with all of that, but I guess I wanted to know your advice on that. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's another one that just like broke my heart. Cause I yeah. just thought about the people and, and like the elderly, you know, my mom's in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. She lives for us and her grandchildren and we're not able to see her because yeah. of the uh, regulations, you know, and she doesn't have the cognitive ability to actually cope with this, which is even more sad for the people like that. But if you have your mental ability with you, Number one, I would reach out to a community. And I and when I say a community, I don't mean find some people on Instagram that make you feel inferior and use that as like an addiction to keep scrolling and make your life feel inferior. <laughs> right. What I mean is find a community like our, our Facebook group is a great yes. example where we literally nurture people and it's like you have that true engagement. It's not it's not superficial, right? So connect with people on a group that are also experiencing similar things and create a true bond with them, create true connection because connection is a core human need. So Mm -hmm. of course you're going to be suffering because you're not seeing your family, of course. And the other thing that I would say to people who don't get to have that human connection is how can you make yourself feel supported and not lonely. Because remember, as we maintain an emotion, so if you're feeling lonely for too long, that becomes your new normal. 
And that becomes your point of attraction. So even if, and I talk about this a lot in terms of women attracting relationships, Mm -hmm. but like if I'm lonely and I don't address my actual loneliness and I don't have a way to make myself not feel lonely, then I will attract a man that still makes me feel lonely even in the relationship, i.e. he's emotionally unavailable and makes you feel alone even if you're under the same roof. And there's a lot of women going through that right now Right married a guy and he's usually at work and now he's at home and they yeah, realize and I still feel lonely. Yeah. And I still feel lonely. So it's like, we need to, what would you need to do to make yourself feel loved? Mm-hmm. And it's like, literally it sounds weird, but do the things like write yourself a card, like yes. talk to yourself lovingly, mm-hmm. you know, write positive affirmations. Like what would you want someone else? If you were in the presence of someone else, so like, let's say it's a partner, what, how would you want them to speak to you? I think for people who are single, especially if they're like looking for a relationship, this is an amazing time to start really manifesting that by yes. writing out this dream relationship. How does he make you feel? What are the things he says to you? What, is the things he, what will he do for you? What will you guys do together? And get into that feeling energy. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit there and think about how lonely you are. And I know that that's, easier said than done, but that's the work. But it's also, I feel like the work is able to be done right now because the external factors of like going out on the weekend and just having all of the excess things that kind of get in the way as you're living your life before and you're, you're, and they're all affecting you. Like now you're like, Oh my God, I have all this you know, I'm still working. I'm still in, I'm in the house, but I do have like more time to actually do that work. Totally. And honestly, like I was reflecting on this as well. And I was like, dude, like if you're not going to awaken and you're not going to do the healing work now, like you're like never going to do it because we change for two reasons. One, you are wise enough and you understand like, Hey, I want to change. I want to evolve or because you've been hurt so much that you have to. A lot of us are yes. in this place of pain that like, I feel like I, can go, I can't go any further down. So use that as your launching pad into a new level, create a new you. Like if you aren't using this pain right now to create something different, then I'm not really sure what's gonna light that fire under you to create some change. Exactly. I I totally agree with that. And because I think at first there was a lot of criticism from people being like, well, I don't know what to do. And if I want to just do nothing and this time it's hard right now, this it's been tough. And it's like, okay, I get that. The first few months were like that, but now we're going into like almost a year in this shit. You have to figure out what fills you up without all these external factors anymore. You have to be able to fill yourself up. What better time to figure that out when you have to be socially distant and you have to be careful. We can't spread this. So you have to spend time with yourself for a select few. So do it. And let, like you said, let that set a fire under your ass and start dealing with your shit. And so Mm -hmm. I completely believe in everything that you're saying. And I, it's such great advice. And I hope that the people who are listening and maybe they have felt stuck throughout this time, I hope this kind of inspires them to start that process because you, you totally can, you have, you have it right in your hands because it's just, it's you, it's you 
taking initiative and being like, okay, I, I want to feel good. I want to figure out what makes me feel good. And there are things that have made me feel bad. Let me deal with them, but let's get through it. I can get through it. I'm strong enough. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved everything you said. And what I would say to the listeners, if you're feeling like resistant and you're like, Ooh, I, I'm not really sure. I would say this, who would you need to become if the situation were to last forever? Mm-hmm. Now, the situation won't last forever, right? but, and I say this often to women who are like really unhappy in their relationships or having a lot of conflict at work. And it sounds like I'm saying something like that, but I'm actually helping you to step into your power. Mm-hmm. Like what skill would you need to develop? Who would you need to become if this situation were to last forever? Well, you'd have to learn to fucking love yourself without any external influence or anybody praising you or anybody affirming you or Mm -hmm. anybody doing anything. You'd have to develop that skill on your own. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I think that is just exactly what I needed to hear, what everyone needed to hear. So I really appreciate that. And you literally have been so wonderful. I'm just like so grateful to have had you on the show you are such an inspiring woman to others, not beyond women, just all genders. It feels like you have um, a lot of inspiration to give. So thank you. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So the best way to stay connected is probably through Instagram or Facebook. It's at Marcia Miatki. And our Facebook group is probably the best place to start, um, you know, just to start that relationship and to get a lot of free content. And that's Empowering Women for Success. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation and the work that you're doing. It's, I'm so proud of you for following that nudge because I can feel it on like every cell of my body saying (laughs) this is, this is a good thing for you. Thank you so much. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Make sure to follow Beautifully Nasty on all social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at Beautifully Nasty Pod. And please email me at beautifullynastypod at gmail.com if you have any questions for us or if you want to be a guest on the show. Check out our website at beautifullynastypod.com for any updates. Make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. I'll be releasing an episode every week and this month is all about loving yourself through COVID-19. We're all going through it. We got this together. Support the podcast, please, please, by rating slash reviewing on iTunes as much appreciated. And please follow our Patreon page. Check it out. I'll be releasing bonus episodes after the first 50 patrons sign up and you'll be entered into a giveaway to win a beautifully nasty sweatshirt. Really, you will just feel so beautifully nasty and hopefully a little sexy in. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Bianca Vitali with three E's underscore at the end. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Beautifully Nasty podcast. Make sure that you love on yourself this week. Do something special for yourself. We got this. Have a great week.